us can say that, you know, many were healed. You know, there was at least a dozen people who put their hand up for, for saying they had pain. And I'm just, I know about eight or nine of them said they didn't have pain afterwards. You know, there was, there was healing. There was how many, how many people had prophetic words? How many people said they had more confidence? How many people said it, it opened their hearts? It stirred them? So I think there was a, we can safely say that there was a, an encounter that happened here. That the word, that the word that was spoken wasn't just a word that was, was given and we thought we heard it and went, yeah, yeah, that's, that's nice. It, it actually caused something to change in people. Someone mentioned that it clicked, something clicked in them. Other people have mentioned that it really, it kind of really rubbed them up the wrong way because God was really hitting at the core of, of in the heart. So, so the age of change really did change some people or it began a change, a process. But really the, the question is now, what now? What now? You know, because what happens is, I think it was somebody who gave testimony said, often at these things, it's conferences, you have this buzz for a couple of weeks or three weeks or whatever, but as the weeks go on, as we get back into normal life, as kind of Sunday becomes Sunday again, do you get what I mean? Familiarity sets in. It can kind of lose its momentum. It can lose almost the words that were at one point just thrilling your spirit and convicting you suddenly become dulled. And, and, and we go back to more or less what we were before. And we can't allow it to happen. So this, the title of this morning's message is Sons Who Imitate and Participate. And what I want to do first of all is before, there's two portions of scripture that I'm going to be reading from. You have to, you have to go with me on this one. I'm, I'm using two different portions of scripture and I'm also using two different translations as well. Um, so we're going to start in 1 Corinthians 4. We're going to be looking at Corinthians 2, 4, uh, I think 2, 3, and 4. And we're also looking at 1 Thessalonians as well. Um, but I really feel that before I get into the meat, I've got to, there's, there's some things that I've got to, we've got to really set, set the ground running on this. I've, um, it's one of those things that up until 11.30 last night, I was still going through it in terms of putting new things and moving things around. So I have no idea what, <laughs> how long I'm going to be. You know, I like to time myself so that you don't all fall asleep by the end. But I have no idea, so you'll have to... Are we okay to bear with me this morning? Are you all right? Are you ready to come on a journey? Excellent, right. So in 1 Corinthians 4, with uh, verse 15 and 17, and I'm reading the NIV version in Corinthians. And just for a side note, uh, when, I, when I read from 1 Thessalonians, I'm going to be reading from the Amplified version. Because I feel it just gives a better um, representation of what I want to say. So, from verse 15... Even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. You see, in church, you can have 10,000 teachers. You can have 10,000 tutors, lecturers, people who are fantastic at giving you biblical understanding, biblical knowledge, all these different kinds of things. But they're not fathers. There's a distinct difference between a good teacher and a father. And you see, because the church, in essence, is full of teachers. There's tons of people, because there's tons of Bible colleges out there. There's tons of people that, that, that just are good studies of the word. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what we're looking at here is the Apostle Paul, who was the, who was, who was the founding father of, of the New Testament church, is, he said there's not enough fathers. You can have as many teachers as you want, but he was speaking to the church in Corinthians and said, but I have become your father. But I become your father, how? Through the gospel. 
through Christ Jesus, through that which he spoke. Why? Because that which he spoke was revelation given to him from heaven. See, a father, it is through revelation by the Spirit and by assignment that a, that a father is called into being. He's not just a teacher. He's a, a father is called. It's an assignment to be a father. And it comes through the secret revelation from heaven. And, and to, to reference those points, if you would turn with 1 Corinthians 2, 6 and 8. I'm going to get my Bible here. I wasn't going to read them out to you, but I might as well just for, just for clarity. So 1 Corinthians 2, and it's verse 6 and 8. For we, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age. We are coming to you, that we're coming to you to nothing. We speak of God's secret wisdom. So I'm reading from verse six here, aren't I? Yeah, uh, from God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. So none of the rulers at the time understood it, but it is secret wisdom that God. Destined to be given for a certain time. A father is able to go into the heavens and God releases the revelation from heaven, the heaven's wisdom to them and therefore they speak it through. So a father is someone that God reveals himself to and it's through the gospel they become a father. Not through their character, not through their, them as a man, but it's through the revelation that God gives them. Do you understand? That that's how a father, I say you know a father. Because the grace of them for them to receive this, this, this revelation. And then if you look in, um, in 10 and 12. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. See, it's the spirit. Pastor Tony is the father of this house. He's not here. He hasn't just, he hasn't just nicked somebody else's sermons and is a good teacher. He's a father because God has given him revelation by the spirit. And that by the spirit we may know Christ. So we don't just become to know Pastor Tony, we know Christ through that which Pastor Tony speaks. That which Pastor Peter Nichols and Karen spoke. That which the Corinthians church was, allowed Paul to be the father because of that which he spoke through the gospel. That was revealed to him by the Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians 3 verses 5 and 8, 5 to 8, verses 3, 5 to 8, it says, For since, no, no. First over verse 5 and 8. What after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one person, purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. So it's an assignment. He was given it not for him to be gloating and to say, look at all the revelation I know. It's there as a servant. A father is still a servant. He's serving the father to release that which the father wants the people to know. And that is why we must have a father. Now, if I, want, I want you to follow me to the, and if, if, just as a, a side note, we haven't got time to go through it. But if you also want to look at Ephesians 3, 1 to 13, again, it speaks about this grace that was given to Paul to do this role. I really, and now fathering is, is a very, is a very regularly used word in this house, but I still, I feel God saying you've got to 
put this right before we start to look at the, the way forward. So that, so that for, for this it says, going back to the original, for you, so for 10,000 guidance in Christ, yet you have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. It's imitate that which flows out of him, not imitate the man. Do you understand that? It's a very, it's a very, I think so many times, even though you say it, you, there's still this element of you're looking at the man because you're physically looking at a man. But Paul says, imitate me. And then if we look in verse 17, so 1 Corinthians 4, it says, for this reason, I am sending you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Who was Timothy? Timothy was a son. He wasn't a church member. He was a son. Because what is a son? A son who received the message, received the spirit of that which Paul spoke, and then imitated it. He imitated it. And what was it? He says, for he will remind you of my way of life in Christ. See, the father has a way of life. They operate a way of life. And that is what you imitate. You imitate that life. And it's, it's not just different for every church. It agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. For this is a pattern. This is a frequency. That's why Pastor Tony is a son to Dr. Jonathan. So you don't need to see Dr. Jonathan. You don't need, I'm not saying you, should never, you shouldn't go. I'm saying, but you don't need necessarily to go to Malaysia to see Dr. Jonathan, to understand what it is. Because you see it in Pastor Tony. You see it in Pastor Tony. When Pastor Pete spoke about his son Caleb, who's now pastor of the church, if the people want to see Pastor Pete, they don't have to look at Caleb. Because the same, because there is an imitation. There is an imitation. When you see me, you should see something of Pastor Tony in me. Not him. I talk different. I look different. My character in many ways is different. But the frequency, that which flows through me, comes from the Father. And that imitates Christ. Because it was spiritual wisdom given to men. Yeah? So we must understand it is sons that are sent. And why would, why would Paul send a son and not just one of his other, other 10,000 guardians? Why? Because a son can be trusted to represent accurately the life of the father, which is the life that God is calling us to live. So we have to, we have to be very clear on when we talk about a son. A son is not some sort of slave role. It's not some sort of, it's some bad thing. It's, it's the fact that, that in the life that should be in the father should be also in the son. And that's why Timothy was, Paul loved Timothy so much. Why? Because Paul gave everything he, he had to Timothy. But Paul wasn't exclusive to Timothy. Paul wanted the same to go to all of the churches, everywhere that he went. He wanted the same intensity, the same pattern, the same imitation to come, to come. That's why he said, imitate me. It's not an arrogant thing to say, imitate me. Why? Because he knows where the source originally come from. It's, 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 it's our, our heavenly father in Christ Jesus. And we spoke this morning worshiping to be in Christ Jesus. See, many people think that when you, if you become a son and say, he's my father, then I'm kind of replacing Jesus with a man. No, 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 no. 
What did Christ do? Christ said, I only say and do what, my fa- what heaven says, what my Father in heaven says. He, gave us the, he already gave us the pattern. So now it's just, we haven't got Christ. He's in here. He's not in physical flesh. So, so God gives us fathers to bring us to this place. Yeah? Okay. That bit's done. Walk with me to 1 Thessalonians 1. One Thessalonians one, starting from verse five, and we're going to go verse by verse up until I think verse nine. Yeah, so verse nine. So I'm, I'm reading from the Amplified version. Nothing wrong with the NIV version. I just, I just, I just thought it's always good just to kind of to have to have a look and, and, and the Amplified version I really feel gives something different. It's more difficult to read the Amplified version, but it gives uh, what I feel is better in, in this in this instance. So from one Thessalonians one five from the Amplified version it says, "For our preaching of the glad tidings, the gospel came to you not only in word, but also in its own inherent power and in the Holy Spirit." And with great conviction and absolute certainty on our part. You know what kind of men we proved ourselves to be among you for your good. You see, the teachings we have received from Pastor Tony and Pastor Pete and Karen came to us not only in word, but with the power of the Holy Spirit. Would we agree with that? You know, we did these, these weren't just teachers that taught us some very nice biblical principles or some very nice teachings about 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 being a nice christian they were they, the words came with power and they were backed by the power of the holy spirit because many many were there were changed any of you guys needs all you have to ever look at is if you saw the tuesday night and pastor pete went over towards the filipino church and they all went completely nuts he barely touched them and the Holy Spirit just, just, just took them. And I think all of you probably still got a sore throat from it. That little charge and that little roar that we all, that when we lock shields. It transformed hearts. So, why do I say this? Because they spoke and acted with great conviction and absolute certainty. And this has got to be the, the focal point this morning. Is that if there is not conviction and absolute certainty, you will never do anything. In any form of life, you won't, go, you won't go after anything. There's got to be absolute certainty. So if the father is not, does not speak with conviction and certainty, then why should you? But what we saw demonstrated at the conference and over the time is that they spoke words that impacted and changed lives. And you know what kind of men we proved ourselves to be among you for your good. How many people felt worse after the conference than before it? Because I didn't. I felt I was edified. I felt I was challenged. I felt I was, I was refreshed. I felt, I, was, I, felt I, I received so much of the Holy Spirit. I, my heart was, was, went, went, went crazy. I felt I was advanced. I felt I was, I was given greater confidence. I was given so many things came into me. Which is, a, which is proof. Why would God send someone... And the fruit of their labor is that you feel bad or that your life is in a worse position than before. It's not that. The Father comes. If, it's to, if, it, if it is the true word of God, and it, it comes, then it, a power will always follow it. Because when the word is spoken, then the Holy Spirit can come and act. 
Yeah? The word is spoken. Then the Holy Spirit can come and act. But it starts with absolute certainty. And so now we can understand why they spoke with such conviction. So now we, we have a model now. We can see the conviction in them because we saw the outworking of it. Those people who were healed, those people who, who came up and testified, they can testify that what they spoke and what they did was for their good, was for the good of the body of Christ. So by imitating this, you're not imitating men, but you're imitating, you're imitating Christ. That the life that flows through them, that flows into you. You see, so we know that, so, so the reason why I'm starting this way is because you must see that if, unless you see because we're not to be people that just sit there and have to accept everything that's spoken to us. Yeah? Pastor Tony says that all the time. We have discernment in our own spirits. There must be discernment in your own spirit. As a son or a daughter, you are not a blind follower. You're not a blind follower. At any point, there are many times that I have gone to Pastor Tony with questions. Why? Because I have a right to ask questions. As long as I do it in the right spirit, so that my heart is willing to receive that which the answer is. Yeah? So, 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 so that, but there has to be an approval. There has to be something outworking that shows us that this, this conviction that they're speaking about, and they're asking us to share in the same conviction and certainty, produces something which is going to build up the body of Christ, which is going to build up my life. And it starts with you. And so, now we see verse 6. 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 6. And you set yourselves to become imitators of us and through us of the Lord himself. For you welcomed our message in spite of much persecution with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit. You see, the response from the people was not only to receive this message, but to then become imitators of these men who flow in this power. And by doing so, this was also allow them to become imitators of the Lord. You see, we can't just see the things that have taken place now in our heart, in, in, in this house, and not imitate that which we've seen. Because to imitate that which we've seen would would say that you're not convinced, you're not certain, you don't agree, you don't believe. You know, we can't just be people who allow these men of God and these women of God to bring this presence, bring this encounter to our lives and then wait for it just to come back again when they come back in another year. Because the church will never change. And what will happen is, all that will happen is, when you don't have imitators, you just have a congregation that just want to come to church. But the life, the deep things of God will never enter into your heart. And therefore, the deep, the deep joy and the things that will allow them to, to, to come into new, to a new place of life will never come into your heart either. Because you're never willing to step out. You're never willing to imitate. But God doesn't ask you just to randomly run around and just do things. God gives us people to give us guidance, to give us boundaries, to give us, to give us everything we need. So there is a demonstration, there is a model. How many people learn things without a teacher? You know, there are, there are always things called self-taught. And yes, there is, self, there is such a thing as self-taught, but not, not in the gospel there isn't. God gives us teachers, God gives us fathers to show us how, how he works. And we've seen how God works. 
but we can't now ignore it. The one thing that, I, that kept coming back to me is, you can never be the same again. You are not allowed to be the same again. Paul, do not even think you're allowed to be the same again. And in my life over the last two months, in my life over the last two months, God has challenged me in my personal walk with him so much, and I'll share in a moment. You see, we must take... But you see, what does who imitates the fathers? It's the sons. You see, the reason why I spoke about why, why did I talk about Timothy is because it's a son who imitates the father. You know, Pastor Tony spoke, spoke about saints, servants, soldiers, and sons. And sons is, is, is the end bit. And, you know, I could ask now how many of you think you're sons and daughters, but it's a process. It's a process. We are sons in training, as it were, yeah? Because we're learning to imitate. Pastor Tony has even said he's a father and he's still in process. That's why he is aligning himself with Pastor Pete because he's further down the road and his church have seen things that we will see should we take the same willingness to go that way. Amen? Where we have a house of encounter. We have a house where miracles flow, where angels descend, where, where God just opens up and heals. There is no cancer. There is no illness. They go out and they, they affect every, everywhere they go. That can be here, but the principle of, the, of sonship must be established in the house. And although I really, I really feel in, in the house that although we talk about it so much, we do talk about fathering and all these kind of things. I still ask myself the question, how many of you have heard it so much, but you've never let it come here? To the place where you then take it from, I understand what you're saying. I understand that I should be a son and a daughter. I understand that I need to do, but, but you know, I'm just taking it all in. I'm just taking it all in. Just taking it all in. So we never bring ourselves to the point where we step out and actually imitate that which we've seen. We've seen Pastor Tony lay hands and prophesy. We've seen, you know, you know the, the amazing thing is when Pastor Tony goes to the Philippines, you know, I remember him telling that story about that couple who could not conceive a child. Pastor Tony speaks over her life, he then gets an email, we've given birth to a child. We do not have a pastor who does not flow in these gifts. And when he goes to Australia, the way we receive Pastor Pete and Karen is the way their church receive him. It's just we have, whether we like it or not, there is an element of familiarity when it's, when it's, our, it's our pastor. Yeah? It's, it's, all, it's always, it, but we have to see outside of that and look at the outworking that we have seen over the years. The consistency. And that must lead to a place of conviction, not just in your faith with Christ. I don't doubt any of you are convinced Otherwise, you wouldn't be here week in, week out, that you believe in God, that you, that you believe in, in, in Jesus. That's not the question. The question is whether you believe it enough and believe what you've seen to go and actually work, outwork it and do that which we have seen others do. The fathers are not supposed to be up here and only they can do it. That was not the model. The model was that the sons received the same spirit of the father. But we must position ourselves to become sons and daughters in order for us to then truly be convinced, truly have all certainty, have the faith and the confidence to step out. This has to be the way our church is. Otherwise, we'll just keep talking about it and keep talking about it and keep talking about it and keep praying about it and keep wanting it and keep wanting it. 
But this is the next thing, and this is the challenge in 1 Thessalonians 1, 7. So we heard in, the, in 6 that you set yourselves to become imitators of us and through us the Lord himself. So we are representing Christ on the earth by imitating the fathers, yeah? And you welcomed our message in spite of persecution with joy and by the Holy, inspired by the Holy Spirit. So therefore, you're not going to do anything. If, you, if you're receiving persecution, yet you still have joy in your heart, that shows a level of conviction you've got. You know, it's okay to say, yeah, well, while everything's good, I'll, I'll follow this thing. But no, no, these guys followed it despite whatever life threw at them. You know, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I have been ill so much in this last month, more than I've been ill in the last three or four years. I had the stomach bug just before Agents of Change. And all this week, just before, you know, knowing that, that Pastor Tony and Phil are away and I get struck down with a cold, my throat was absolutely red raw, could hardly speak. I had a cold, I couldn't talk, I couldn't sleep. I just, it was just gone. And I, and, and I had to make a decision in my own heart. Do we cancel church? Do we just say, let's have tea and coffee all morning? Or do I say no? Do you recognize what it is? But still with joy, I'm going. I'm stepping out. And so what, what did I do every morning? I spoke the kingdom. I spoke healing over my own life. And this cold has never gone beyond the point where I'm able to, to go to work and do what I need to do. And I'm stood here this morning because I spoke. And I stepped out in conviction. And I stepped out and said, I will not. Because God, and God said to me, you know why you're like this? Because this thing's trying to stop you from doing it. So push through it, son. Push through it. And I'm here this morning because I pushed through it. But the pushing's the hard bit. But you only push if you've got conviction. And you only push if you've got certainty. That which if I push, it will work. Amen. If we can attain this, this then the next, the next verse will become very easy to us. Verse one, 1 verse 7. That you thus became a pattern to all the believers. Those who are dear and trusted and rely on Christ is in Macedonia and Achaia, most of Greece. We must become the pattern. But not just in church. You see, why are we, what are we all doing? We're all in this boat together. And we're all on a journey. We're all, trying to, we're all making a journey towards sonship. We're all making a journey towards our destiny and purpose. Guess what? We're all in a boat together. Because when we get to the other side, God has given us territory to be a pattern in. God will never send you somewhere. We're not just meant to run around like headless chickens going, I'm praying for you and I'm going to heal you and I'm going to ask you and I'm going to pray for you. It's not like that. It's he gives you specific places. God is a strategic God. God takes you and puts you in strategic places. You are already in strategic places. Your workplace, your schools, your, 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 wherever you are, where you live. It's strate- all of it is strategic. God will never send you anywhere that he hasn't already given into your hands. Look at one Joshua, Joshua 1. He gave him boundaries. In here, it says, I gave you a pattern for all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. He gave them the boundaries. We have a boundary that God has given us territory. Because some places we're not meant to go because that's someone else's job. But as sons, we are sent out and we become a pattern. That's why our young people need to go to this youth event next week. They've got to be the pattern. I've told my young people, and I've been speaking about this with them since I got back. I need young people who can, who can flow in the gifts, who can prophesy, who can pray. Why? Because if this thing blows open, I can't pray for every single person. 
I need people who can replicate the spirit that's in me, which I'm replicating the spirit that's in Pastor Tony, which is representing heaven, so that it flows right the way through. But it's always the same spirit, the same frequency. It's the same. It's an imitation. But it's not a poor copy. It's an exact imitation. The same spirit. The only good thing is that each generation gets younger, so each generation gets stronger. And we must become a house. If we're going to be a train, ask yourself the question. What's the point in being a training house if you've got no one to train? We get to this point and we're all here and we've all been trained. We've all gone through all the courses. Then what? We're the most, we're the most, it's, it's like, you know, how many people at the moment, I think, I can't remember the, the statistic now, but it was, there was so many thousand people that got a business student degree and they're on job seekers. You're trained to the back nines, and yet you've got nothing to do with it. You've got nothing. You've got no outworking. Well, we have an outworking, and the challenge is now here. The challenge is now here. You see, but nothing happens unless we see this process. We see that we are in process. But I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to Paul, and hopefully this will encourage you. If we go back into 1 Corinthians... But this time it's chapter 2, and it's 2 to 5. So this is the Apostle Paul, yeah? This is the guy who is like the, super, the superhero apostle, yeah? The guy that did all these things, the, the father to, to many, the, the apostle who just in his sleep could cast out demons, you know? I'm reading from the NIV this time, so you'll probably be able to follow it better. So 1 Corinthians 2, 2 to 5. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. I've got a little surprise for you here now. Kev, are you free? Come on, fella. And just listen to this. Cheers, brother. Tell him, brother, because it makes me sound more Christian-like. Um, may I give you um, two testimonies for the price of one? Because I'm all about value. Um... I, after a life-changing event that was um, Agents of Change, um, I went to sit down with my new neighbor, and she's a sick lady, a really nice woman. Um, but she's one of those women that keep you talking for a long time. So um, when I first there, I, I was clean-shaven, and by the time I'd finished, I was stubbly. And um, we'd, we sat and talked for ages about random things. And I noticed that she was hobbling. She had a bandage on her leg, and... Um, um, <laughs> I was feeling a bit brave, so I said, well, can I pray for you? And she, it, this was a risk because she was an atheist. And um, she said, well, I don't really believe in any of that hocus-pocus. So I said, well, I'll tell you what, I won't use any hocus-pocus. I'll just use Jesus magic. Um, so she said, okay, fair enough. So I prayed for her two minutes, no big deal. And I didn't think anything of it. And then um, I went home, went to sleep, woke up in the morning, 9.30, get a knock on the door. And I thought it was Phil. And it wasn't, it was my neighbor. And she came brandishing a box of Pringles. And she said, um, I don't know what you did, but she said, it's the best night's sleep I've had in the last seven years. 
She said, um, um, my, my leg never healed when um, I had a car accident years ago and I had arthritis in both knees and it's been really painful. It's the best night's sleep I've ever had. And uh, this morning I feel better than ever. So, you know, God gets the glory. Uh, I get a box of Pringles out of it. <laughs> um, these hands can't heal. They do cheese on toast and that's about it. Um, but his hands can heal. So that was the first amazing thing. And the second amazing thing was that um, recently um, I had some issues with my health, which presented me, um, prevented me from working the way that I normally work. And it, that's okay if you work for somebody else. But if it's your job to bring on the bacon, it gets a bit tough and you get a bit scared about stuff. Um, and Phil and I had pushed and we'd said, you know, we're not having any of this. And we made some declarations. And what happened was within about three days, I get a phone call from a client that we met um, a week before. And um, he said to me, I've, I've just won a new contract. And he said it was worth one and a half million. And I said, fantastic. I said, what do I get out of it? <laughs> and uh, he turned around and he said, well, it's funny you should say that because they really loved the presentation that you did for us. Um, but they want you to come in and do the same thing for them and do all their branding and do all their stationery and, you know, do all their presenting stuff. They've got stuff to give to the Hilton in a week's time and they want you to go and do it. Now, that's one of three phone calls that I've had in the last two weeks. And that's when, you know, I've not gone out. I've not gone and won stuff. That's just the stuff that he's you know, brought to me. And the reason why I bring that up is that in the conference, you know, like Pastor Pete mentioned about um, uh, Joseph and how he was kept in prison for two years because he wouldn't testify to the fact that it was by his hands and not by your own. So I just want to make a public declaration. I don't want to be one of them self-righteous Christians that turns around and says, my obedience bought this house and my righteousness filled it with goods. No, the, the truth of the matter is, you know, God's doing some incredible things. It's his, it's his righteousness, it's his goodness, it's his mercy, it's his grace, it's compassion. And, and I want to testify to his goodness all day long. Not my works, but by his hand. So I want to testify to that. Thank you. My message and preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, although Kevin can be quite wise and persuasive, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. People don't want people to give them a lecture on why God is real. They want to see something real. They want to see something real. When we were at the Agents of Change, we saw something real. We experienced something real. What has to happen is that we have to believe that that which has been given to us, that which is in us, that despite our, our weaknesses, despite maybe the fact that Kev has been, has been ill, Kev's been ill recently, that he's had loads of, of, of issues with his, with his health, but still, he had the ability to say, can I just pray for you? Oh, I don't believe that. Well, I've got enough faith for the both of us. And he heals her, not he heals her, but God heals her through him just asking the question, through him willing to, be, to step in out. Kev may be in his mind. The Apostle Paul came with trembling. He came with weakness. He came with fear. And all that is in our mind. All that is there because we've never done this before. As church, as Christians, we're never like this. We just sit in church and we speak about how amazing God is in church. But outside, that so many times, so many times I've heard Christians, I've done it myself, where you'll have a great testimony and then you'll go to work and you'll give the same testimony, but you'll miss out God in it. Yeah, God bless me. But in work, you'll just say, yeah, I was really blessed. And because you think you use the word blessed, they'll know what you mean. No, they don't know what you mean. We always, we always put it down. But here... Kev, 
He's not fully healthy in himself. He's he's, he's not come with eloquence. A woman who said, I don't even believe in God. Yeah, but he still stepped out and said, can I pray for you? Because he saw a need. He saw a need. The compassion of Christ, the life of Christ. What what we've seen, how many times did Pastor Pete at the conference say, I I prayed for him at the airport. I prayed for him while I was, I prayed for my son while we were in the car, going to to the airport. I went and prayed for someone else. I just asked them and the Holy Spirit did something. And that is what people want to see. That's what they need. That's what has to happen. And as a house, we have got to change. We have got to take, as sons, we have got to imitate what we've seen the fathers do. Because that's how the church is going to grow. Because the ultimate of this is salvation. You know, there's no point in healing someone and them go to hell when they die. We want them not just to see and hear God, but to see God in their own life. And so they run around going, wow. This is going to be when I can, so we see this and it's like, if we don't do this, all we'll ever be is people who are really good at talking. But, but what you must also understand, and this is what every, many Christians, and I've done it in my own life and I've, and I've had to overcome this. You see, in my workplace, I've been in my workplace for five and a half years. So five and a half years is a long time. You get to know people, you know them really well. So you know a lot about the life, but it was a lady and God's been ch- ch- challenging me and then. Um, the week before this happened, there was a guy that asked me for a... He shouted to me from Ashton bus station. I was walking home from a swimming with them. And he said, have you got a light, mate? And I, and I just said, no. And God went, go talk to him. And I just went, yeah, he's all the way over there. And I, and I walked past. Now, I have no idea what God could have done. But I was too afraid to step out. So I walked on. And God's like, don't tell me you were change agent. This, you cannot be the same again. So, another opportunity. Because God keeps giving me opportunities now, all the time. God doesn't let me not. So, a lady in work. We have these bags uh, with, with money in. I work in a bank, so, yeah. Um, these business bags. And these business bags, they're quite a lot of money. And two of them went missing. Couldn't find them. And the lady who processed them, obviously, is the lady whose responsibility it is. Okay? So, for her, it was like... Uh-oh time. So we were there till 7 p.m. that night looking for these, these two bags. We had all the confidential waste, all the confidential bags. So we had everything. We looked everywhere, high and low. Could not find them. Came in the second morning, uh, the day after. And I could see she'd probably not, she'd not slept very well because she was so stressed about it. And I just prayed. I said, God, I see no, no sort of deceit in this woman whatsoever. I said, so don't let her suffer for something she hasn't done. And there was a truck uh, that we put coin in and different things like that. And they'd check that truck. Two people had checked that truck. And I said, God, let them, fi- let them find it. Literally, two minutes later, they opened the truck and they were in there. At that point, God went, now go and tell her. So I said, I prayed for you two minutes ago. And you know that you looked in that truck last night and they weren't there. And she went, you're right. She didn't take it properly. But then two days later, she says, Paul, I've got a day off tomorrow. Because my partner's got a black mark on his lung and we're going to Christie to see what it is. So I'm just letting you know. And I knew I had a prayer meeting that night. So I said, I'm going to pray for you. And my prayer team are going to pray for you. And it just opened up. She's never, she's never talked to me the same since. She now tells me, we communicate. Now God told me, I have to pray for you. Now it, it is cancer. He has got cancer. But already he's taking these pills 
these chemo pills, and they have really bad reactions. He's had not had one bad reaction. But God has still said to me, you're going to have to go and speak to him. So I said, I want to go pray for him. And she says, right now, not right now, but it's an unbelievable. She's, she's always telling me what's going on. She's bowled over because there's something different about it. It's a start. I've got to, I was absolutely petrified. What if the guy, what if they tell me to get lost? What if they tell me to go away? What if they tell me whatever? Now I tell you, and God said to me, you're going to pray for him because salvation's got to come out of this. Because I don't heal for no reason. I heal because I want to to advance the kingdom of God. That's why we have been given this, this, uh, the, the, this blessing of seeing these men come into our lives and give us this, this frequency and give us all of this power that we see the Holy Spirit and it works in you and me. Doesn't matter whether you're ill, doesn't matter whether you fear, doesn't matter whether you have trembling, doesn't matter whether you see all your own inadequacies. In your heart, are you fully convinced and are you fully sure that the Holy Spirit can do something through you? This must be the new attitude that we must take, that as sons of the house, we take it where we go and we are willing in the places that we've always just assumed our work and are not of church, we must take the kingdom into wherever we are because that's how the kingdom will advance. God spoke to me recently. He said, these people that you're praying for, the strategic people, the strategic ones, some of them aren't saved yet. And it's your job to get them saved and then bring them into the house. And then you'll have your strategic ones. So we will be talking, they will come from the north, the south, the east and the west. But some of them will come from your workplace. Some of them will come from your next door neighbor. Some of them will come from people you might meet in the street. But are we convinced? Are we, are we able to take hold of that which we have seen, that which we have seen that has changed our lives, that's what we have changed, seen change people around us and take it out? That's got to be the same. Because... Because then, in the, where are we now? Verse 8. When I came to you, brothers. It says in verse 8. When I came to you, oh no, oh no I didn't say that. <laughs> That's before that. Here we go. In verse 8, yeah. For not only has the word concerning and from the Lord resounded forth from you unmistakably in Macedonia and Achaia, but everywhere the report has gone forth of your faith in God and your leaning of your whole personality on him in complete trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness. So that we don't even need to talk about it. This is the, this is this this is what will happen, that the report will go not just into the areas where we are, but they'll go beyond. But we won't have to talk about it because others will testify on our behalf. Because of the faith shown you. That lady in my work has already started telling people about how these, this, this church are praying for her and are praying for that which is most, most precious to her. And they've never, they don't even know her. They've never even seen her. To some people, that's just cuckoo. But her heart has been has, has changed completely. She's giving me updates every day. She's texting me. She's, there's, there's a, there's a, it's just, told, just because I, was, I offered, I will pray for you. I said, I'll pray for you. And the fact that without them asking, I prayed. Then there's another lad that's come. These are all in progress. So I'm not, I can't give you the full testimony yet. There's another lad yesterday. His wife's had three miscarriages this year. They can't get beyond five weeks. And now they've just gone into the ninth week. Of a, a, the, and, and they're in the specialist. And, and he's like, I can't get excited because I've, I've been hurt before. And I said, I'm going to pray because my church has got a really, a really good uh, track record with babies. 
I said, it might not mean anything to you, but I'm going to pray that God's going to protect your child. I'm going to bring it through. He went, you know what? That does mean something to me. He said, and then, and then all of a sudden, this, this religious past that I never had any understanding with suddenly all came out. People just open up their lives to you because you're willing to step out. And then the kingdom can come forth. And now I'm just, I'm like a, tra- I'm a train now in work. That's it, everyone. You see the world in a different way. You see other people in a different way because the heart of Christ rises up in you and then you see a need. But you go, my God wants to heal you. My God wants to sort that out. My God can take away that pain. My God can remove that. My God can transform your marriage. My God can do all these things. This has got to be the new way we see. This has got to be what we carry. We must now carry the message out. Otherwise, as sons and daughters, we're not sons and daughters. Because that's what sons and daughters do. They replicate and imitate that which the father is doing. And we have to now go out. I really believe that if we do that, our church will never be the same again. We will, have, we will seek salvation. We will, and all the things that we dream and we talk about and we pray for and we've prophesied, and we've prophesied over this house, this is what will bring it to fruition. And, the, and in verse 9, it simply says, For they themselves, i.e. the lady who Kev prayed for, They themselves will volunteer testimony concerning us, telling what an entrance we had among you and how you turned to God from your idols to serve a God who is alive, true, and genuine. We serve a genuine, alive, and true God. Do we not? But it's only the sons and daughters that are willing to receive the message in a whole new way in a deeper level than you've ever allowed in your heart before. And now to take that confidence, to take that certainty, and to take that courage and go out and start to proclaim the kingdom of God. I tell you, if you do it, everything will change. And, you'll, and, we, and we will all be here queuing up to speak about the things that God is doing. Amen? Come on, let's stand to our feet. You know, understand, we're all in process. We're all in process. None of us had a finished article. But if the Apostle Paul can come with fear and trembling, then it's okay for you to come with fear and trembling. I really believe God wants to set something alive in your heart this morning. I really, I really believe God really wants to do something, something, something just to supernaturally turn your heart. To turn your heart. So come on, just raise your hands with me right now. My God. My God. Father, you did not come, we, we did not receive this word by wise and persuasive words, but by demonstration of the Spirit's power. My God, let this be a house of power. Let this be a house, my God, where each individual takes hold of the message that we have received from you. That, my God, that we are no longer afraid. We no longer see our, our physical uh, disabilities and, 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 our, and, our, and our, our weaknesses. But, my God, that as our strength is in you. That, my God, that our trust and our confidence, our complete hope is in you you and your power and your wisdom my God so that we take this message to everywhere we go that my God we are seeking to cross over not just to be at a new territory but to advance in the new territory that my God that we take the attitude that that we have such confidence that nothing can get in our way that my God that we declare and we speak your kingdom but my God right now turn our hearts towards your heart Turn our hearts towards your heart, my God. Let, let us have confidence that we've never had before. Let us have an urgency 
like never before. Let us hear you as we've never heard you before, so that, my God, salvation can reign in every place we step our foot. My God, let the spirit of salvation come into each of us, that we go with confidence and we see you do supernatural things, oh my God. May this house be transformed. May this house be transformed to a place of encounter. A place of encounter, oh God, in increasing measure, in increasing measure. But it's as we step out, as we believe, as we raise in faith. So my God, touch us right now. Just begin to ask God. Just begin. Maybe some of you have been afraid. Maybe some of you believe with God in all your heart. But you're just afraid to step out in your workplace. You're afraid to step out with your friends. You're afraid to step out with your family. But just ask God right now. Ask God right now to turn your heart, to change your heart. Father God, touch us now. Touch us now, my God. Touch us right now. Let us be certain and convinced of that which we believe. Let us be certain. Let this house be a pattern for all believers to see. Oh, my God. You know, God's reminding me just now that many of you received, many of you received words that you're going to send out teams. You're going to lead teams. That many of you receive words that you're going to be powerful in this house. Why? Because God is, wants to flow through you. God wants to flow through you. He wants to use you to change lives. He wants to use you to heal people. He wants to use you to prophesy. He wants to use you to transform entire environments, workplaces, cities, towns, governments. This is what God wants in in, in, in the grace that God has given you. This is the power that accompanies you. You It's not just all the same. It's you as an individual. God has a place for you. God has given you a grace. And in that grace... The true and genuine God wants to flow through you. Oh my God. Father, Father, we believe your word. Father, we believe you. Father, we, we thank you that fathers have come and shown us the way. We thank you that your word has come through the fathers. We thank you, God, that we have a model here in the house. We thank you, God, that, we are, that, 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 that your spirit is alive and active as we felt you this morning. But my God, I pray that the spirit of sonship... That the spirit of sonship rises in this house. That sons and daughters rise in this house. That my God, that we, we, we receive this message in the depth of our heart. Just some of you, I really believe that some of you now, God is, God is, is challenging you. That the way you receive the words that are spoken in this house must change. You've never allowed it to go to the deep core of your heart. You've just heard it. And took it home. And then that's it. But God's saying you've got to allow this. Because when it fills you. Then it will come out of you. Out of the overflow of the heart. The mouth will speak. But it can't happen. If all we ever do is just. Think we're listening to a man that has an opinion. We have to hear. The voice of God speaking through the man. So just just hold yourself with him this morning. Oh God, just come. Come right now, Father. In the name of Jesus. Father, let us never be the same again. Let this house never be the same again. In the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. All right, thanks guys.